Welcome to the Wonder Life Podcast, the voice for health and wellness, where soul, science, and technology meet. Each week, we chat with game changers, thought leaders, and experts to help you ignite your light and spark your power so you can go out and raise the vibration and change the world for the better. You may find us on social at wonder.life, at Wonder Health, and that is Wonder with a U. Subscribe, like, and share so we can light up this world together. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy the show. So today on the Wonder Life podcast, we have our dear friend, Dr. Nicole Krikora. Welcome to the show, my dear. Thank you so much for having me. <sighs> Let's first just say Dr. Nicole is really very well versed in women's health issues and many other things. Um, this podcast today is really to talk about, you know, body fat in general. So it's not necessarily all about women because men have hormones too. They sure do. Absolutely. Why don't we talk about that? Why don't why don't we why why isn't that as like big of an issue of like, oh, he's He's on his period. Right. That's why he's hormonally imbalanced. I mean, the bottom line is that this, so what's interesting is this whole method, this like figuring out what your body fat is saying about you, right? Like why you're storing fat in certain areas tells you a lot about your health hormonally. It was developed by Charles Poliquin and he actually developed it on men. So it was, it actually started on men, which I think is really fascinating and we use it on everybody, but men, generally speaking, a lot of them are hormonally imbalanced, lower testosterone, too high of estrogen stores. And it's not talked about because I think like men just don't, you don't think about like hormonally imbalanced men, but they're everywhere, you know? Like completely and potentially like running our planet. Yeah. I mean, and not just in America. Right. Right. But like, right? So I I do, I like our preface though, because this, when you're talking about body fat storage and and what it means and maybe how it can create some imbalances, this is for women and it's for men. So everybody get ready. Sister's about to tell us what's up. We might not like love our body fat, although there is like a huge movement towards that, which I think is amazing. But we have to understand that like our body fat at its very basis is a storage system. It's a storage system for emotions. It's a storage system for excess hormone, for toxicities, for chronic infection. It's keeping us safe. So really when we look at our like legs and we see cellulite that maybe we don't love, we sort of should be thanking our bodies and saying like, hey, thank you for creating the storage system. We store things in certain places in our house for certain reasons. And our body does the exact same thing. So it has very specific places it likes to store things in order to keep us safe. I think that is fascinating because societally, we've been trained that, you know, fat, at least the American society, is that, you know, we don't want to be fat. We don't want to have too much of it. That it, you know, being diabetic obviously is a big problem or people who are obese, like there are so many more risks involved when we have too much body fat. Um, If you look at, and and here again, like, let me just be real honest. I'm not 
a, a historian <laughs> by any means, but like in the Indian culture or some, you know, some other cultures, like the more uh, fat you have on your body, the wealthier you are and like the higher, you know, up, upper echelon that you are. So that's, that's actually a symbol of status. So it's a very interesting um, mental piece around fat. But in this country, we are not over as overly interested in fat as, you know, some other folks are. And there is a movement. I mean, God bless Lizzo. I mean, she is on her cover of her album and she is like, I mean, if you ain't got the juice, then, you know, you're in trouble. Like, so she's really put that out there. Kim Kardashian, whether real or not, stunningly beautiful woman with the biggest booty on the planet. And, you know, so then there's that movement around, around fat, but more to the point around health and hormones if what what's a good balance like how much fat is good for storage or like you know where do we teeter into obesity like i am a larger boned person i'm only five five i've you know i feel good about my body i weigh 170 pounds and sometimes 175 pounds that on the scale with you know traditional medicine is like girl you're obese and i'm not playing i'm not buying that ball of bs Right. So, so what's the real? Well, and that's the thing I think is so fascinating and part of why this whole, so this particular technique is called biosignature modulation, super long, um, when he developed it. And essentially it was for athletes and, or it was for people who wanted to be leaner for whatever reason, mostly athletic performance, but then it's sort of, you know, the more people that started using it, they started using it for anybody who wanted to achieve optimal levels of health. So there's no right or wrong of like too much fat is bad. Like it's really about your health goals and how you feel, right? So if you're someone who's like, yeah, I don't feel that great, then it's like, cool, we can use your the way that your body stores fat as a tool to find out how we can better hormonally balance your body. But if you're someone who is has more body fat and feels great, then like, I don't, I don't know that it's of interest. Right. So I think it really just depends on like every individual's goals. If you're a female who doesn't have a period, um, or who has like major, major menstrual issues, like we might want to balance out your hormones, which is probably also going to change the way your body looks. Right. But I, but I also feel like you know, it, it could just, it just really depends on your goals and how you feel, I think is what it comes down to. So you were saying earlier that various parts of your body are associated with maybe different balances or imbalances if you find in your body. So we were talking about this glorious arm fat, right? which, you know, and I can't actually act like I've been lifting little weights to try to work it out because I haven't. And, you know, and it's actually pretty easy if you do some exercises, it's pretty easy to build that muscle back there. But what you said that was so interesting, um, was that that can be associated with your thyroid and I have Hashimoto's. Mm. I mean, and I don't have, I'm not hanging down to my toes, but it's definitely like a party down there. Right. So, um, (laughs) What other things are like the arm, you know, your, your tricep, your tricep flab, you know, what, what else could that be associated with? 
Right. So that can also be associated with testosterone stores. And so if our testosterone is lower, we can accumulate more fat on your tricep. And what's interesting is you can work out that muscle and the muscle can grow, but that doesn't necessarily, excuse me, mean that the fat there is going to go any lower, right? Because that is associated with something else. And by working out your tricep muscles, you're not necessarily strengthening your thyroid. You could be upping your testosterone levels, but most of the time that's not a big enough muscle group that's really going to boost that hormone up a lot where we'll see a difference. And so we can just look at that like, okay, why is this person's testosterone levels optimal? Are they drinking too much alcohol? That lowers testosterone a lot. Oh, I did not know that. That's fascinating. It does. And so does low zinc, because if we have too low of zinc stores, then any testosterone we're creating, we're likely moving all into estrogen, which stores in other parts of our body that aren't always the most flattering. And so it's not just about like, oh, I have low thyroid, thyroid medication. Oh, I have low testosterone, give you testosterone. Like there's ways you can optimize it within the body in order to optimize those hormones too. So you don't necessarily have to take a hormone. There's other things you could do. Can food, can you, will food change that or no? I've seen, I've seen different, like green tea for some people can really optimize testosterone levels. Um, You know, I'm going to say that anything that like wheat, for instance, like, and yeast and hops that are in beer, those all can lower testosterone in some people. So yeah, you can optimize it with food, but it really depends on where you're at, right? Like there are a, a lot of women where we do put them on a little bit of thyroid hormone just to get them over that hump while we're working on some other things. But I would say in both testosterone and thyroid, there's just other options we like to try first. And you can kind of see it change on your body, which is pretty cool. Well, I love that because I would love to see a change in that (laughs) and and my ability to fly to another continent. Um, what about the notorious gut, the belly fat? Yeah. I mean, so, like Lord knows, like, I feel like I can deal with the arms. I'd love to like once and for all, just get rid of this, this gut fat. And here's the interesting thing is that like my weight will fluctuate. Um, or, you know, I might lose weight or gain weight or, or whatever. And I, and I have it pretty well controlled. Um, but what I notice is, is that like, I like, it's not like I'm going to go like my stomach's never been flat. I mean, it's, it never has been. And I, you know, I have been way heavier in my life. And then when I was 27, I decided to change the way I ate and work out. And so I lost 30 pounds. So I've been able to like keep that off most of these years. Yeah. Um, however, even though it changed my, it changed because I lost that fat, my body shape is my body shape. But like the gut stuff, I mean, it's still there and it's in, you know, so it's like, I don't know how to work that piece out. And I think that that's like a big area for a lot of people. It is for sure. So if we went right next to the belly button, that fat, we, if like, so whenever we took readings to kind of measure ratios or just to do a reading of body fat to see if we were changing, if it changed when we were tracking it and 
train, you know, different supplements or workout patterns or foods or whatever, we could see changes in the body fat readings. And so right next to your belly button is where we would do the cortisol reading, the umbilical reading, which directly relates to cortisol and insulin. And now cortisol is our stress hormone, right? And so, you know, there's a lot of different types of stress. So there's emotional stress, of course, right? So if you're somebody who's like running from thing to thing, you're constantly overworked, you're not sleeping that well, we're probably going to see a spike in cortisol, which is going to translate to increased belly fat. But there's all these other types of stress. There's chemical stress. Are we exposed to some sort of chemical, which is like everywhere in our environment that's causing stress in the body, that's making the belly fat, you know, reading go up. There's electromagnetic stress from our cell phones and our computers and our Wi-Fi and all those things. There's food stress. So are you eating things that are stressing out your body? Um, Gluten, dairy, sugar, corn, soy, like those are just a couple of them. But for some people, it's food sensitivities. Like they're sensitive to lettuce, you know, and like that could be stressing their body out, but it definitely can be unresolved emotions. And it can be, I have seen, um, like the upper belly fat, almost like above the belly button. I've seen that too related to when people have IBS. So it's like, they might have like a chronic infection, um, you know, like a SIBO thing or too much candida, fungus, bacteria. And so this digestive stress on like the small intestine in the colon then creates body fat there. So that, I think that's why so many people struggle with it is it's not just like a one way street, right? Like cortisol has so many different, um, it's the result of so many different things that could be going on in, in our system. Oh my God, that is huge. Like, and I am not sitting here trying to like have all that stuff, but I was like, okay, that's like a huge piece of information. I think that's really, um, that really is something that a lot of people have. I mean, to a degree, everyone has candida, but like it could go too far. I mean, I would say that like, what do, what do you think that the number is? Let me not be the doctor that makes stuff up because I'm not. What do you think that like the percentage of people who are experiencing that, like, even if you don't have that excess belly fat in that spot, um, you know, you could still have SIBO or IBS or whatever, sort or of candida. Not, right? I would say like, I don't know what a percentage I would give, but there are definitely some colleagues of mine that venture to say that almost everybody deals with some sort of fungal issue and that it's like a major, um, that it's just rampant and it causes so many different types of symptoms, whether it's like foggy head, you know, like brain fog type symptoms. Um, if it's like digestive systems, if it's cravings, like a lot of some people who have candida just crave sugar and alcohol all the time. And it's, and they feel like, oh, we have terrible, terrible willpower. And it's like, no, you just have like a massive fungal infection, right? I mean, so I'd say there's a lot. I'm going to just talk about one other reading that ties into that. And it's our lovely love handle reading. And so it's like right above your iliac crest there, that bone on the side. And then if you, there's like a natural fold, that's right there. And that we look up, we look at as insulin. So 
um, when, when we were working with a lot of athletes, we'd call it like the cheat meter. So like, someone would be like, oh yeah, I, I've been eating right on, haven't been like, you know, cheating at all. And then, and these are people who, you know, whatever your personal thoughts on cheating and diet and all of that stuff are fine. But these are people who are trying to achieve a certain body fat for athletic performance reasons or for other reasons. And, um, if that reading went up, you would actually be able to tell that they had veered and they had caused too much insulin or too many sugar spikes in their body. And insulin and cortisol, they like to compete with each other. So if you're eating, let's say, I'm just going to say too many carbs or too many foods that are keeping your insulin too high and your blood sugar isn't stable, your cortisol is going to want to go up with it. So it's like they kind of just go up with each other. So then that's also going to infect your umbilical reading, that one right next to your belly button. And so it's just interesting how these hormones can also kind of like play off of each other. And other things can raise insulin aside from just food, right? Like it can also be like a stress or your body reacting to something. But I just think for those people who are like, I eat so clean and I still can't seem to lose any weight around my abdomen, and maybe they're doing it more for health reasons, right? Because abdominal fat can be dangerous if it's like going around your organs and stuff like that. It might not be food then, right? Then it's like these other types of stress we need to look at, like chronic infections, like emotional stuff that hasn't been resolved. Right. Do you, how do you find out? How do we know? Right. So I like muscle testing. Um, I think muscle testing is cool because... Um, we can have you like quite literally hold an area of body fat and we can test to see what's going on there, right? So there's that one, there's that piece of it. Our bodies are electrical beings. So if we're able to use a strong muscle to use strong in weeks, we can find out some pretty cool information. Um, when it comes to chronic infections, I, I like to use muscle testing because it's like part of your appointments, doesn't cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But I also do love specialty testing because some people really like to see the down and dirty numbers. They want to see what bug it is. And then we can absolutely do any sort of chronic infection specialty lab testing as well. And sometimes just your labs, your plain like the labs that people go and get drawn at their yearly physicals. I like to read between the lines. So oftentimes a doctor will look at them and be like, nothing's red, everything's good. But we actually, as naturopathic doctors, like to re like read between these reference ranges and we can get a lot of information out of that as to what else is going on with the body. This is so fascinating, which is why we love functional medicine. This is why I'm obsessed. Hit a couple more spots on the body. Yeah. Uh, but let's do booty fat and then like that beautiful cellulite on my thighs. So there isn't actually like a butt reading, I think because like he just <laughs> never decided like, let's just pinch the spot on the butt because it's like every site is so specific. You have to pinch okay. 2000 people before you were certified. It was crazy. Oh my God. That's a so lot of pinching. Is a lot of pinching. Um, but we can do, <laughs> so the hamstring reading, so the back of the, the back of the thigh, we can look at as like your progesterone estrogen balance. So oh. if we have too high of progesterone in relation to, I'm sorry, too high of estrogen in relation to progesterone, that's a pretty big imbalance. So we can store estrogen usually in our legs and in our hips. Now, 
estrogen is like this amazing hormone. We need it. It does so many great things, but there's toxic forms of estrogen and we can get crappy forms of estrogen all the time from our environment, plastics being just one example of that. And if we don't do specific ways of detoxing, our body's just like, yep, we're storing that excess estrogen right in the legs. Can you talk about that a little bit more as far <laughs> as um, plastics? Because I hear that a lot, but like, what does that mean? Is that, you know, a water bottle that's off-gassing the plastic? Or if I, you know, like, what what does that entail? Because I think that a lot of people don't really realize that plastic is like white sugar. It's the right. devil. It's bad. I mean, so there's just these different compounds in plastic that act like estrogen in the body. Right. And so plastics can be literally anything plastic. It becomes really bad when it's like a plastic water bottle that has heated up because you left it in the car and then you drink from it. And it's, so it's like, heated up plastic and it leached into the water and you're drinking it or people who like microwave their leftovers in plastic containers like you're basically just leaching that plastic into your food but there is more research coming out that even like plastic that hasn't really been altered temperature wise can still leach things into your food like using a lot of ziploc bags or I think just drinking from plastic is the worst. I mean, so just trying to use like different stainless steel water bottles or, you know, even a big one is like to go coffee cups, which is kind of a bummer since you can't really bring your own coffee cup into places right now. But if you think about it, those cups are made from paper. Paper does not hold water. It just doesn't or liquid. So there has to be a liner and some chemicals yeah. that are in that. And then they put a plastic lid right on top of your hot thing and you drink from it. Ah, it's like the worst, yeah. right? I mean, that's like, just give me all those lovely BPA chemicals. And even when things say BPA free, well, there's a BPF, there's a BPH, there's a BP. I mean, it's like, you're not really avoiding plastic. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, and not to mention like it's killing the ocean. It's like when you, when they're, and I'm totally making this up. So by the way, this is my intuition, but like we recycle plastic, then they have to burn the plastic or melt the plastic to make other plastic. So even though we are so grateful to those companies who are like, you know, Hey, this is plastic that was from 5,000 years ago. Right. You know, (laughs) That plastic is still off-gassing into, into the, the environment. The atmosphere. Yeah, into the environment. I mean, well, and God, we really can go quick. down the freaking hole with this. Well, I wanted to just like come full circle back to men who are hormonally imbalanced. Men should not have high estrogen levels. And when they do, they store fat in places. And then that lowers their testosterone. And so why are men having all of these high estrogen levels that they shouldn't have? One of the big reasons is like plastics and things in the environment that that are acting like estrogen in the body. So, Mm -hmm. and you can measure that in men too, which is crazy. Oh my God. We have so much more to talk about. Like we need a part two. We definitely need a part two and talking about toxicity um, from environmental stuff and just like things that people, not to scare people, but like just to reaffirm, you know, some pieces and, and help people, um, with some more awareness. I mean, a big thing, I mean, I love the human body. I love the spirit and the soul, 
the mother earth is like so precious and we take her for granted. And even like, we're about to buy a new car, according to my husband, not this second, according to me sooner than he thinks. And we, he wants to buy a truck and like, I've agreed to it. I'm like, I just don't feel good about that. I really don't. Right. I don't feel good about buying a truck that has this, that's 15 miles to a gallon and it's gonna hurt the environment. Now, do I want to buy a, what, what's the oh, Tesla kinda, but like, that's, that's also a pain in the butt. Cause who wants to stop every two hours to plug the damn thing in? So, and I'm just saying balance? too, like if you have an electrical car, which is maybe great for the environment, that's a lot of electromagnetic stress that you're sitting in all day long when you're driving around in it. Damn it. I'm gonna have to get a bike <laughs> with a motor. I live in Summit County. Can you imagine me like going over the, going over the damn road on a electric bike? I mean, seriously. So these are things I'd love to talk about. Let's um, do it. So we just have so much more. Was there any other spot on the body? You have to go. You have the patients ready for you. Um, we talked about the belly. We got the here. Arms. Let's do one more. We'll do, um, there's a spot behind your back. So like right underneath your shoulder blade. Um, I got that too. And that oftentimes, so the people who you've seen who are like, I can eat whatever carb I want and never put on any weight. They naturally have a really small reading because they genetically can manage their blood sugar really well. If that reading is higher. It's just like, usually you don't manage your blood sugar quite as well. So you're somebody who tends to usually do lower on like a a lower carbohydrate diet, or at least until you're able to manage your insulin. So I always think that's kind of an interesting one too, because we, you know, we first learn all this stuff and we're like, oh, this person like, you know, eats whatever they want and like, you know, doesn't gain a pound. And it's like, well, they have a very low reading right there. They just genetically manage their blood sugar and their insulin really well. And you can eat yourself out of that, right? Like you can make yourself insulin resistant, but that's kind of a sign that we look at as like how well you manage your blood sugar and how we can help you to manage it better. Oh my God, you are so good. Thank you so much. Y'all, this is your new master teacher. She's about to teach y'all so much. I mean, I can't even stand it. I don't even know where we're going to start, but just stay tuned for more from Dr. Nicole K. Thank you. So- <laughs> Thank you for having K- me. Hi- this has been an episode of the Wonder Life Podcast, the voice for health and wellness, where soul, science, and technology meet. You may find us on social at wonder.life, at wonderhealth, or at wonderhealth.com. And that is wonder with a U. Stay tuned for our upcoming launch of the Wonder Wellness Academy, where you and master teachers connect to elevate your minds, bodies, and souls.